0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, and welcome back to the pod. Episode 74, second one of February. It's the last day of February, so I told you guys I'm putting out two per month, so here I am putting out two per month. Before I get started, we're about to hit 15,000 total downloads since the start of this podcast. It's been just over two years now. So really appreciate the support so far. Really grateful for this opportunity. And I can't believe we're hitting 15,000. I know in the podcast world, this is probably peanuts, but... I'll take it I'll take it so thank you guys for listening Thank you guys for the support really appreciate it so today's episode is gonna be a little bit of, of a of a mashup of a couple different things I have a few book recommendations that I think some of you will enjoy a lot. I want to share one big goal that I'm actively working towards this year and then we're going to talk a bit about training, uh, how, how it's been different in terms of my training career, how that's evolved over the last four years and then lastly touching on the pros and cons, the benefits Or Maybe the drawbacks of being an independent trainer versus a trainer in a commercial gym so Lots of good stuff in here for you guys today. We're gonna jump in So a big goal that I realized I Needed to prioritize this year is Having more fun so As you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last two years, basically my life over the last two, three years has just been a lot of work. As in, the main focus has been my personal training career and just building that up starting in 2015, 2016. And over the last three, four years, it's just been a constant like what's the word for it it's just been a constant grind like work has been the main focus aside from a couple things like family and my own fitness it's been mainly about work and this is all great it's it's been really fun i've learned so much it's been such a good experience and obviously i'm going to continue not going to stop now but i have i kind of took a step back the other week and I was sitting around with my friend and shoutouts Andre, one of my best homies. But we were sitting around and he, he works a lot too. And we were like, damn, like what, what do we do for fun? And we both had a hard time answering that. So I've resolved to have a bit more fun this year. And for me, you know what, it took me a while to really figure out what that even meant for me. But I think it's just more making the time to sit down and read more books. I listen to books, which is great, but it's definitely not the same. So making the time to read more books, uh, making the time to ride my bicycle more, that's, that's always really fun for me. And what else? There's one more thing. Uh, books, bicycles, and in general, just kind of like, oh yes, take, of course, two more things, taking the time to hang out with my friends more. And lastly, just traveling a bit more. I've talked about, I've talked about travel a little bit in the past, and it's just not something I've done in the last two, three years, because it's hard to take time off. It's, It's just hard to take time off when you're I guess self-employed, I guess this will kind of connect into being an independent trainer versus working in a commercial gym, but it's just hard to take time off when you're self-employed, especially if their job requires you to be there. Um, So those those are the few things that I'll be working on this year, just having a bit more fun. And of course, you guys know me, if you've been listening to this podcast, So now that I've thought about that, I've established that that needs to happen, I've now actively scheduled it into my calendar. So every day now, it's either like if I have only 30 minutes, cool, okay, 30 minutes, do something fun. Um, On the weekends, it might be longer, maybe two, three, four hours, do something fun. So that's a big thing. I share that because I feel like some of you might also be in the same boat as I am where it's like, it's so glorified right now to always be chasing goals, to be in this pursuit of more, pursuit of growth, which is cool and it's great and it's necessary, but just finding that balance of, okay, we're pushing, but we're also still enjoying life right now. Right? So that's a big thing. Let me roll into part two of this episode. I have a few book recommendations for you guys. As I said, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I want to share four books that I think will help you depending on where you're at with your work, your life, your your health. I want to share four books and I highly recommend them all. I'm sharing them because I think they're good. I wouldn't share them if they weren't. So these are all, I rate my books after I read them. These are all like four out of fives, four and a half out of fives. One of them might be a five out of five, but I try not to give perfect scores because, you know, you know. So book recommendation number one for all of the business owners or self-employed people out there or even anyone like who's either running their own business or, about to start running their own business. This book is called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. So the book is called Profit First. And basically when it comes to personal this is for this is finance for your business, but when it comes to personal finance, I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but when it comes to personal finance, the biggest thing that has helped me over the last 10 12 years, basically since I started working, since I started having an income. The biggest thing that has helped me is paying myself first. Right? This means that I set up an automatic withdrawal that happens from my bank account every month or every two weeks, whatever you prefer. But it's it's automatic. It's a certain it can be a certain amount of Of money or it can be a percentage of your income if your income kind of varies from month to month but if your income is steady this basically means like you finding a percentage that is realistic for you right now it's always good to start low you can always increase it after so if that just means two percent of your income is you're going to automatically Transfer that from your main bank account into another account that you'll never touch or that you won't touch for a long time So it could be two percent. It could be five percent. It could be ten percent It could I mean the of course the more the better, right? But you got to pick a number that's realistic for you and Again, this is something I started when I was like 17 years old and it served me very well, which I'll talk about more later in this episode but paying myself first has been the single biggest like thing that has helped me with my personal finance over the last 12 years. So this book, Profit First, is basically teaching business owners how to do this, but for your business. Because as a business, there are taxes that need to be paid. There's operating expenses. There's the owner's compensation, like paying yourself. And then there's one more profit, which is what, or yeah. So profit is the main key here. So basically he's just teaching business owners how to set up your bank accounts and how to allocate your money so that you can, we can, we can actually profit in our business because it's so the same with our personal finance. The most common way to deal with this is like, okay, this is the money I make. This is the money i spend and then it's like okay this is the money i have left but because of the way that's set up the money that we have left is usually less than what it really could be so by putting by doing the profit part first basically paying yourself first so when you get paid when you get your paycheck when you get paid a certain amount of dollars is instantly allocated certain percentage is instantly allocated and transferred into another account. So in that way we're actually taking the profit first or we're paying ourselves first and then we use the rest to handle our expenses. So I hope that made sense. The main thing really here is that we start to develop this discipline of doing that of paying ourselves first of taking the taking the profit first. And even if it's 1% or 2%, which doesn't sound like a lot, that's okay. It's just building the discipline of doing that. So that's my book recommendation for business owners or self-employed people out there. Profit first. Really good book. Book number two, a little different. The Five Love Languages by, I believe it's Gary Chapman. The Five Love Languages, I think I've talked about this before. But if you're in a relationship or maybe you were in a relationship or you're looking to be in a relationship, I find that this book, The Five Love Languages, it kind of sounds like kind of lame. But it's actually super helpful. It just talks about the fact that as people, we all give love and receive love in different ways. And knowing what our friends, our family, or our significant other, how they receive and give love, and maybe that differs from the way we receive and give love, that's super important, right? So, big book, highly recommend The Five Love Languages. Book recommendation number three, back to the fitness peeps. Anyone who's like aspiring coach, maybe you are a coach. I wish this book was out when I first started coaching. So it's called Change Maker. Turn your passion for health and fitness into a powerful purpose and wildly successful career. This is by John Berardi. He's he's the person that created Precision Nutrition, which is a big um, nutrition coaching slash content creation company. But Changemaker, this book is super good. I've, I've listened to it twice now. I'm pr- I'll go back for a third time because it's so good. One of the books that I would actually buy. For me, I don't really like to buy books outright. I'll either listen to it on audio or I will borrow it from the library and then when I'm impressed by a book, when a book has helped me, like all of the ones that I'm about to mention or that I have mentioned, I'll buy them. This is a, this is a worthy book for purchase. So Changemaker, super good book, super helpful for all coaches out there. Highly recommend. My last book recommendation, The Four Agreements by, um, I believe it is Miguel Don Ruiz. The Four Agreements, kind of more of a personal development, um, spiritual, self-help kind of kind of jam. Basically, it's like the Four Agreements of for, Don, for Miguel Don Ruiz is, number one, be impeccable with your word. So he says, like, we have to be careful with how we're using our words because our words can either bring people up Build people up or really bring them down, right? So being impeccable with our word. Number two, don't take anything personally. So, you know, if someone says something bad about you, it's not a reflection of you. It's more of a reflection of how they might feel about themselves. But also don't take anything we say to ourselves personally, because sometimes we can be kind of hard on ourselves and just being aware of that can be helpful right Uh, third agreement is don't make any assumptions so don't assume anything like we, we really don't know what's going on in someone else's mind or life and assumptions can really hurt us if we if we make too many of them right or any of them at all and then number four always do your best so you know we're all we're not always going to be in tip top 100% performance but we can always do our best to with what we have right now right so the four agreements really good book i thought it was super helpful that one's like it's super short it's kind of you'll finish it in a day no problem but sometimes the smaller books have the most profound information so my book recommendations for february 2020 i'll keep them coming and if you guys have any book recommendations that you want to share to with me please hit me up message me on instagram at theodore.lim or email me theolim7 at gmail.com but hit me up i'm always in the market for book recommendations and as i said i'm going to make more of an more of an effort to actually sit down and read more books. So two books I'm currently reading. Number one. Things No One Else Can Teach Us. By Humble the Poet. Sick book. Sick book. Uh, my boy Pedro lent that book to me. And then the second book I'm reading. Is called Brain Injury. By Alan J. Cooper. And he. I think he ha- he had a brain injury. Like back in the 80s. And he's just been living with it for the last 30, shit, 40 years now. And he it's kind of his recount of how that has affected him. So I'm reading that. Uh, just, you know, try to get some some more perspective on that situation. Because as I shared in the two, two episodes ago, is that my father had a brain injury a few years ago. And just trying to get a bit more perspective and insight into that. So... Yeah, that was a book that I found at Valley Village while while I was kind of checking out the books there. That's kind of I thought that was fun when I scheduled in 30 minutes of fun time one day this last week. I went to Valley Village and just kind of perused and browsed the book selections and it was a good time. So, those are my book recommendations. And now let's talk, let's talk training. Let's talk training career. So someone asked me the other day, like, how did I get to where I am in my training career? Like, how did you, how did you end up here? What, what uh, courses did you do? What, you know, what kind of trajectory did you take? So how did I get to where I am? I'd say my foundational certificate or certification for my personal training career is the CPPS. This is by this is created by Joe DeFranco and Jim Smith. CPPS stands for Certified Physical Preparation Specialist. And this is the certification that I'm most proud of. Uh, really dream come true to meet Joe DeFranco. If you guys don't know him, his you look him up. Google Joe DeFranco. He's got a ton of stuff out there. He's got a big podcast. He's got a ton of articles, big YouTube channel. Basically, he's the guy that I learned a lot from. Like, when I was, when I, when I wasn't even training people, but back in 2007, Joe DeFranco was kind of the first, one of the first trainers or coaches out there that I followed his advice and obviously it helped obviously it was good advice because i'm here now but CPPS was my kind of my foundational certificate i took that about 2 years ago and highly recommend any coaches out there who are kind of looking to level up or just learn a little more CPPS big certification might be the best one out there, but I'm biased. And then I did, um, I'd say my second foundational certification, which I just took last year, and I talked about a few episodes ago, is the Strong First Kettlebell Certification, Level 1. So now I've kind of got this mix of physical preparation, athletic training, like washed up meathead training, you know, traditional strength training from Joe DeFranco, And then now I'm including kettlebells, all these kettlebell skills from Strong First. And in terms of principles, why I gravitated towards Strong First is because the principles of the CPPS and Strong First are very similar. It's like, okay, quality movement is key. Quality movement is top priority. And then building strength is the second priority. So once you combine quality movement and building strength, I mean, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Like, that's super foundational. That's for me, the more I coach people, the more, the longer I'm in the game now. I don't think it's important that everyone, like, everyone gets super strong or like super jacked or, you know, that's not what's important. But I think it is important to have a f- good foundation of strength and movement like just being competent in all of the movements that we need to do, whether you're in the gym or outside of the gym. I think that's the most important thing. So in terms of how I got to where I am in my training career, those are my two like big certifications so far. I'm eyeing a few more for this year, one more big one, but uh, I'm not quite committed to it yet. But For those of you out there, CPPS, check out Joe DeFranco's resources. He's got a website, tons of articles, tons of blog posts from the last like 10, 15, 20 years. His YouTube channel is great and his podcast is super good. So highly recommend that. And then Strong First, same deal. Check out their website, tons of info. If you're interested, they have a bunch of courses and certifications. Highly recommend that. So. Now that I've been in my home gym for two months. It's been awesome. It's been really fun. It's been really challenging as well. I gotta say. I, I can't say that everything's been super smooth. It's been challenging. But this is what I asked for. I asked for these challenges. So here we are. But the more I meet people other trainers they they're the questions are like the questions that are coming up are financially related like how did you do that how did you make that happen how much did it cost to set that up how about all equipment because i have a good amount of equipment now like buying gym equipment's kind of an addiction and i am addicted to buying gym equipment but um How did that happen? As I said earlier, it kind of goes back to paying yourself first. Like I feel like, I don't know, 17 year old me didn't really know what I was putting money away for, but I was aggressively putting money away. Um, I worked, I worked from, I think I was 15 or 16 when I started working, but I've been working since so my first job I did like I was a camp counselor so that was fun that was kind of my first like summer job summer full-time job probably the only time I ever worked like a regular full-time 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. kind of thing or 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. but I worked as a camp counselor for a couple years in the summer and when when you're living with your parents as a 17 year old, and I was kind of always conscious of that. I didn't go out and spend a ton of money. Like I was I don't know why, but I was just conscious of the fact that okay, I'm making two thousand dollars in this uh two week period working full time. I don't know what I was getting paid back then, it was like twelve, ten, twelve dollars an hour kind of thing. But okay, I'm making two thousand dollars. I'm living at home. I don't really have any expenses. I'm not going to go out and buy a shit ton of like video games or one big thing back then was like Pokemon or Yu Gi Oh cards. I have a couple of friends who put a lot of money into that. Or like when we went to the store, like a convenience store, I have a few friends who like dropping money in the convenience store. Not for me. Not for me. I was frugal at a young age. So, if I was making like $2,000, I was like, fuck it, let me put away this, let me put away like $1,700. And as a 17 year old, it's like, oh shit, I still have $300 to play with. So, paying yourself first, just getting, building the discipline of putting money away, I think is super important. So, back to kind of like my home gym, honestly. I paid a lot. I paid a lot to set up my gym. It's small. It's like 300 square feet. It's not big at all. But I paid a lot to renovate it. To make it look good. And I paid. I've paid a good amount in equipment. I've bought new. I've bought used. So I'm always looking at the used ads. But I, I paid a good amount of money for this. But you know what? Because of 10 plus years of aggressively saving and building that discipline and not touching that money it's like when the time came to pay for all this it's like okay i have it boom done we're we're paid for we're in i don't know i don't owe anyone anything right of course i owe everyone like who's helped me out 100 percent. but in terms of finances it's like okay it's here i have it boom done let's go now we're in so really like even if you don't know like what you're saving for, it's just so important to have that money like put away. I just want to, I don't know, I think it's like a super important skill that maybe isn't talked about enough. It's almost like warming up, you know, warming up to work out. It's not that sexy, like no, like warming up, it's not that sexy, it's maybe not that fun, but it's necessary just like saving money. It's like, okay, it's not that sexy to save money, but it's going to it's going to pay off one day and you'll thank yourself. So, highly recommend paying yourself first. I've a good book for this is uh The Wealthy Barber Returns. That's a that's a really great book to kind of teach you how to do the whole pay yourself first. Highly recommend. Especially like no, i don't want to say that even like it doesn't matter how old you are you could be you could be in your 30s or your late 20s or your 40s maybe you've never done this before but the saying is it's like it's never too late right the saying is you know the best time to start was a year ago the second best time to start is now right so you can still do it and it'll still pay off obviously if you're younger if you're younger Trust me on this like learn learn about the personal finance, take care of it and and put your money away. Don't spend it on dumb shit right So last segment of this episode, Vanessa asked me you know what are the pros and cons of being an independent trainer versus working for a gym? So you know what I can't. I kind of have experience working for a gym. I work at Mayo Detox Performance. I've worked there for the last three years. I'm an instructor there, and I run um, larger, large group classes there. But I still feel like I don't have the full scope of this because I've never been, I've never worked at, say, a Good Life or a or like a Globo Gym, like a commercial gym. I don't have that experience. So I feel like my opinion, my perspective on this is slightly limited in that regard. But I have been an independent trainer for since I started. I started as an independent trainer. And now the more people I meet, I realize how rare that that might be. Because here's the, for those of you listening, maybe you're not a trainer, you can be, I am I was an independent trainer at Carpio Strength and Conditioning, meaning I paid Graham, the owner of the gym, I paid him rent to rent the space and I could bring in any of my clients and run sessions out of there. So it depends. There are different setups. I was paying a monthly rent and I could bring as many people as I want. Some gyms, the setup is like you pay per session. In Toronto, I think the going rate is like $20, $25 to rent the space for an hour or whatever. So if you think about it, it's like, okay, I charge a client $80, $90, $100, and I'm paying the gym $20 to use the space, right? So that's kind of the setup for an independent trainer. Uh, Other ways you can go about it for independent trainers I guess you could run like a boot camp you have or like a group class but you can run a boot camp outside you don't have to pay rent you can run a group class like I was doing so I was renting the space but I was doing I wasn't doing just one-on-ones I was doing small groups 3 4 people at one time so there's that way to go about it too and then yeah those I'd say those are the main ways in terms of the commercial gym, like a, I call it a commercial gym or like a corporate gym, Good Life Fitness, Globo Gym, um, LA Fitness, all those places. How it works is like you, you're I guess an employee, and you get a cut from the personal from the personal training session. So say you train someone. But instead of the client paying you, the client is paying the gym. So say they pay the gym, I don't know, $80, 90 100 And then us as a trainer will get a percentage of that. It's usually, I rarely see it more than like 40%. 40% would probably be considered good. As in like if the session costs $100 for the client, I'm making $40 and the gym is making $60. You know what I mean? So that's probably like the, at the high point too. Like I, it's usually I feel like in that 30-35% range. So just to give a little context for you guys out there who aren't in the training game. That's kind of the way it works. Whether you're an independent trainer or you're hired on as a coach by a gym. Um, in terms of benefits and drawbacks both have pros and cons. I think the one thing I missed out on by not working in a commercial gym is learning the process of okay, how do I talk to potential clients? How do I set up our first meeting? How do I properly assess them? How do I talk about how do I talk about the price of sessions? Like I didn't I didn't get that formal training which I'm sure if it's a good gym, they'll give they'll give that formal training to their employees because they want them to do well, right? Then everyone wins. So I kind of had to go out, like I found that the CPPS prepared me well for that because they they talked about that, how to, how to do assessments and all that good stuff. And then I went and did my own research in terms of business. It's like, okay, how do I talk to clients about pricing? How do I, you know, how do I figure out whether we're a good fit or not how do I figure out whether um, whether I can offer what they want or whether I do that that or not so I found that the biggest thing I missed out on is getting all that experience which is fine I've gotten it now now that I've been in it longer but I can see how beneficial that might be from the get-go and then Another big thing is clients, right? As an independent tra- trainer, you're out there getting your own clients. And when you're just starting out, it's it's tough. Like when you have zero clients, getting that first five clients is a big deal. And then building that up to 10, building that up to 20, like it takes time building and then now just building it to 30, 40, 50, etc. But as an independent trainer, going out there looking for your own clients that's a big thing whereas in a commercial gym or in a um even like a a private gym where there are members so there are people already in the gym they're doing their own thing or maybe they're in their classes that the gym offers then as a as an employee of a commercial gym like that you're you kind of have like that pool of people that you can kind of prospect from, right? So, or I think some gyms even like give you clients, which is great. And I've had that experience at Maui Detox Performance, where okay, so one of the members who attends the group the group classes is looking for more one on one training. They're looking for that level of attention, and that level of precision, and it's like okay then they so they ask the gym owner maybe or they ask us while we're doing their class after class and it's like oh okay cool um i'm looking for personal training can we do it and i've had i've had times where the gym kind of they'll call me or message me or if they see me in person it's like yo this person wants to train with you one-on-one do you want to do it and it's like okay if it works out for the schedule okay boom let's do it so again, in my case at Maui Detox Performance, just like earlier, the client pays the gym a certain amount, and then the gym pays me a cut from that amount. So there are pros and cons, right? Pro, you're getting handed clients, which is great. Cons, you're not making as much, but that's fine. Like, it really depends on your situation, where you're at in your career, like if you're just starting out, and you just want to get your feet wet, you want to get into the trenches, and you just want to start training people, getting handed clients is pretty awesome. On the other hand of that, you it's hard to get your own clients as an independent trainer, but it's not like it's not doable. I think still the biggest thing that's underrated even for me right now, like that I feel like I could do more of is just simply training people for free or training people at a discounted rate just to get that experience. And then, then you have, then you have someone who's done your programs, who's had experience training with you. Then you have someone like who can write a review for you or write a testimonial for you, or maybe now you have um, content, whether it's pictures, videos, whatever of You training that person or that person training right so again lots of pros and cons i think one big thing which is why i'm such a big fan of being at myo detox performance is that as an independent trainer it can sometimes be hard in terms of you're on your own you're independent which is great but it's nice to have a team as well it's nice to be around other people who are like-minded who are driven like you are right so it's great that i can do my own thing i have my own clients i set my own rates and i get paid the full amount and it's like i take care of everything but it's at mayo it's nice to have a team even if we're not like working together all of the time it's just nice to have nice to be surrounded by like-minded people who you know have good vibes and yeah i think that's super that's like a big and i could see i could see having a team being a negative thing too maybe the environment is very competitive Uh, maybe it's like a little toxic I could see that going in a in the opposite direction where having a team might not serve you well but if you align yourself with a good team you guys have similar values similar vision and then you're all like working on the same mission as well right so the values the vision the mission that's super powerful so I guess for the young trainers out there, whether you're thinking about being independent or working in a commercial setting, but like there are pros and cons. I think a lot of people start out as they're working for a gym, and then maybe they want to transition into being an independent trainer, which makes sense. Like as I was saying earlier, uh, it depends on your circumstances, right? Like if you have, just think about it in terms of, okay, if I'm working for a gym and I'm getting paid, let's say $35 an hour, $35 a session for personal training, if I, like if I take that same client and we personal train out of their home or my home or we rent a space, now instead of $35, it's. $80, $90, $100, $120. But again, there's a lot that comes with that. As in, when you're working for a gym, they provide the equipment, they provide the facilities, like they, it's all there. If you're working for yourself, you're independent, okay, you either have to pay rent so that you have the facility or the equipment, or you have to have your own facility or equipment which is a, which can be a lot right so there are a couple things in there big drawbacks big benefits as well but you know what i'd be super interested to hear back from you guys the trainers out there whether you're uh, let me let me hear like your experience have you worked for a gym before how was that experience how long did you work for a gym and then or on the other hand, it's like, are you an independent trainer? Okay, how how long have you been doing that? Um, what gym are you at? You know, how how's your experience with that? And then let me hear from the people who've kinda done both. You maybe started in a commercial setting, you or you started working for a gym and then you slowly transitioned out into as an independent trainer. Or maybe you went vice versa or you went the other way, but It'd be super cool to hear your experiences with that. I'm interested in that. Would love to talk about that and really hear about your experiences. So, you know what, one last thing though, about working for a gym versus working for yourself. I feel like when working for a gym, there are a lot there are a lot of good things about seeing how the gym is run. And all of that kind of stuff, those little things of how the gym is run, how to keep the facilities clean, like getting to see that but not actually having to deal with it is very beneficial, especially when you're just starting out. Then you can just focus on training people, right? So now that I've, I'm i working out of my own space, now it's like, okay, I have to allocate a certain amount of hours into cleaning the gym or maintaining the gym, that kind of stuff that I didn't have to worry about before. So again, pros and cons, right? Really depends where you're at in your career, where what you think will make you happy, whether you are happy right now. And yeah, that is super important. So to recap today's episode, episode 74, my big goal for 2020, have more fun. Some of my book recommendations, highly recommend that. And you know what? Not everyone's going to hear this because we're at the end of the episode, but here is a big reading tip for you guys. Here's a big, 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 big reading tip. You guys know I'm all about the technique, (laughs) right? All about the efficiency. I learned this back in university when I was doing a lot more reading. I learned this in the book. It's called How to Read a Book. But a big reading tip is when we read, sometimes we have the tendency to like vocalize the words as we're reading them. So we're kind of like using our eyes, but we're also saying the words internally. And that's very slow. So one big big reading tip is to like be aware of yourself doing that because you probably do that. I know I do it. But I just tell myself, okay, don't don't um, pronounce every single word. Like don't read it like you're um, reading it out loud. Use your eyes and scan, scan like faster across the lines. It just makes reading so much faster, and you can always go back and rescan if you miss something. But our eyes can move a lot faster than our mouth. Right. So, big reading tip for you guys try it out the next time you read something. Just like see if you can catch yourself like saying the words in your head and then drop that and just scan, and that will make your reading speed a lot faster. So, some book recommendations for you guys my training career, the CPPS, strong first, those are big. Pay yourself first, another big thing. And then being an independent trainer or working for a gym so i hope i hope you guys got something out of this episode i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you guys had a good february i can't believe it's already march that's crazy that's crazy so as always i hope you guys are doing well i hope you're doing the things you want to do with the people you want to do it with and in general just enjoying life working hard but also having good time and until next time peace